Holy, holy, holy. One holy sets him apart. He is superior in every way. Two holies is emphasized. But three. Holiness to the third power. That's pretty amazing. May we recognize him as truly holy, holy, holy. I grew up singing that song, More Sundays Than Not. You'd think after all those years, I'd have gotten tired of it, but I haven't. In fact, that song means more to me now than it. Holy, holy, holy. For our message this morning, I'm going to preach on the gospel lesson, which is found in Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. I've entitled my message, Living in Readiness. In Jesus' name. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were still on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. The door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Quite a few years ago now, was probably two, three, maybe four years into our ministry in Stanley, North Dakota. That was our first call. And I, it might have been this time of the year. Um, may, I don't know if it was or not. But we were going to make a trip to Minot from Stanley, which was about 60 miles, about an hour's drive. And uh, we, we planned to make this a big day of shopping. And so we, you know, we made elaborate plans. We, we checked all of the sales flyers and decided what we needed to get here and there and the other places. We, uh, we even set out a schedule. We'd go here first, there second, the other place third, and so on. We uh, even made sure that we'd have pizza at lunchtime because they had a Godfather's pizza that was brand new back then. And Man, a humble pie, it's pretty hard to beat that thing. (laughs) Well, we left early in the morning. We got to Minot. We're all excited about things. We go, I think it was to Kmart first. Remember Kmart? What a wonderful store. Blue light specials. Ah, that was shopping. (laughs) 
<laughs> we put all of our purchases in our shopping basket and uh, made our way to the front of the store to check out. And we got ready to check out and I opened up the checkbook and we had only one check. So we bought what we needed there at Kmart and uh, went home early. <laughs> Good day of shopping. Well, that's a contradiction in terms, I suppose. But, you know, <laughs> we were ready for everything except we didn't bring money with us. Just a little bit important, right? <laughs> and, you know, I think of that experience so often when I read this parable of the ten virgins, the ten maidens. And it's true, is it not? that sometimes lacking just one essential can make all the difference between being prepared or unprepared. In the virgins here in the parable, they were bridesmaids. They were awaiting the, the return of the groom. They were ready to go out and meet him and greet him and, and accompany him back to the bride. That was a Middle Eastern custom. Now, this wait became very extended. And when finally the cry came out that the bridegroom was, was approaching, that's when of these ten young women, it was discovered that five were wise and five were foolish. You know, it's interesting. They had many things in similarity. I mean, they had similar titles. They dressed appropriately. They were awaiting the same event, all desirous of being able to enjoy it, to celebrate with the happy couple. They all had lamps. And do you notice too that they all fell asleep? They all fell asleep. Well, there was one difference. Just one difference, but it's kind of like going to mine it without any money. They didn't have oil. No oil to put in their lamps. Just one essential. What a difference it made. At midnight the cry rings out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. The festivities can now begin. And the bridegroom in this parable obviously represents Jesus. And his arrival in this parable represents his second coming. And when he comes again, it will not be in humility it will not be to serve, but he will come as the king of kings that he truly is. By this parable, Jesus informs us that he wants his return to be a celebration. I'm going to say that again. Don't take this for granted. You know, we, we, we're going to focus on the foolish young women, but the fact of the matter is that Jesus invites us all to share in his eternal joy. He wants his return to be a celebration for each of us. And he will return. For those who are ready, he'll return as the bridegroom. For those who aren't, he returns as the judge. While trimming their lamps for the celebration, five of the young re women realized they had no oil. 
Now, Jewish law required that a woman carry her own lamp at night. They couldn't be out on the street without one. If they were found, they would be shuttled back home very quickly. They were required to have their own lamps. Now, if they had to have lamps, that means they should have had oil too. Five discovered they didn't have any. So they tried to borrow from the virgins who had oil. But they were forced to search elsewhere. And in the meantime, the groom appeared, the bridegrooms, or the bridesmaids, excuse me, who had oil, accompanied the groom to the wedding feast. The feast began, the doors were locked. The foolish bridesmaids were now barred from an event that they had been invited to attend. How tragic is that? And all for lack of one essential, oil. It was their own fault. They either forgot it or didn't plan well enough figured they had oil in their lamps and that that would be all they'd need. But they didn't check to see how much they had and they didn't have enough. Now, in real life, as I mentioned before, the groom's appearance is a reference to the second coming of Jesus. Yep, it's a long ways away, it seems. They got tired and even fell asleep. But it did happen. It did happen. And it was promised that it would happen. On the day that Jesus ascended to heaven, angels shared with the, with the disciples, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. He will come. And while the waiting is long, it is not fruitless waiting. Because he will come. He will keep his promise. And he desires for each and every one of us here today to be ready to be able to celebrate with him his return. The lamps, as they're referred to here, stand for the outward forms of Christianity. And there's room for a lot of variation. I wonder how many different sizes and shapes of lamps were found there among the ten women. There's room for a lot of variation. Our worship may be unique just to us. Others unique to them. But that doesn't qualify or disqualify us. Now the flame, I believe, stands for faith and its works. Jesus himself said in Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden unless there's no oil. The oil is the presence of the Holy Spirit and his ministry to us through word and sacrament. And as he would apply the word and the sacraments to us, the oil makes possible the flame. And this parable teaches us that you cannot borrow oil from someone else. It is true, as Martin Luther said, every man must do his own believing, praying, and dying. I can't believe for you. I couldn't believe for my children. Faith is a gift from God, and it's deeply personal. 
presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit to enable us to believe and to pray and to be ready to die. But see, sadly, what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.5 is, is true and will be found to be true for too many. They have a form of godliness but deny its power. And then there's this admonition to us, have nothing to do with them. See, the problem with living unprepared is that Jesus will return just as he promised. We're coming to the end now on this Sunday of another church year. That doesn't mean he isn't going to come. It really means his coming is a year sooner than it was last year at this time. I can't tell you when he's coming. No one knows the day or the hour. But I can tell you on the basis of his word and of the nature of the King of Kings, the God who cannot lie, that he will keep his promise and will return. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Today is a day of preparation in heaven. It is a day of grace on earth. We need to seek the Lord while he may be found. The promise sounds so good and yet sadly these words of Jesus are also true. Matthew 7.21 Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And what is God's will for us? Jesus told the Jews one day, it is that you believe. We are to trust him and him alone. And he gives us that gift through the gospel that we might have faith in him and trust him in our daily lives and be prepared. Be prepared for when he comes again. See, those who are unprepared will be excluded like the foolish bridesmaids. And note, friends, these bridesmaids don't represent people who've never heard the gospel. We're not talking about outsiders here. This is to insiders. This is to church people. These people are invited. They were invited. They had the credentials at one time. They even had the proper dress. I believe they were covered in the righteousness of Jesus. And yet they let their oil run out And that disqualified them for the wedding feast. And so it will be for too many church people. Baptized, active in churches, even intending to celebrate. Once true believers, but who have let their oil run out. And the Spirit has left them because they haven't let the Word of God and the sacraments enter their hearts, filling them and keeping the fire of faith glowing. Our lamps are going out. What a sad cry, but what an indictment against themselves. We didn't bring oil, and we should have. My friends, Jesus is coming again. 
my question to you today is, are you ready? Are you ready? No oil means no light. Light, understanding. Light brings security. Light brings warmth. Light brings evidence to us of God's presence in our life, or presence in our life. And, and no oil means there is no light. There is no hope. And there are such blessings of living prepared. You see, the only surprise for those prepared will be one of joy. Sleep in this parable does not mean carelessness. Because even a little of that could lead to more. And Jesus doesn't want this parable to lose its bite, if you will. Sleep has to do with daily routine. However mundane our days may be. Luther was one asked, once asked what he would do if he knew that Jesus was coming tomorrow. Do you know what his answer was? I'd plant a tree. Deeply spiritual, right? <laughs> yes, it was. I would live in readiness. I'm prepared. I would go on with the things that he has called me to do. I would use his gifts for his glory. And I would seek that others would come to know him. That's what Luther was all about. And those prepared will be called to participate in the festival of eternity in God's presence. And when the door is shut and locked, the prepared will be on the inside, the unprepared outside. And there's no further entrance. On the day of the flood, where would you have rather been? In that stuffy, smelly ark? Or out there in the bright sunshine and the beautiful day? Well, it didn't last, did it? rains began to fall and waters of the deep began to flow over the earth. And it wasn't long before those who had mocked Noah all those years began to cry out in alarm, open the door, open the door. And I want you to note something. If you, if you look back at that, at that account, it was God who closed the door. Okay? Noah didn't sit in judgment on anybody. He didn't condemn anyone. He was a preacher of righteousness. He continually called people to repentance and faith throughout that whole long, long process of preparing the ark. But on the day that everything was ready, he was called to take his family and go inside the ark. The door was shut and sealed by God. And that was it. And on the day that Jesus comes again, those who are ready will be invited inside in his presence to enjoy eternity with him. What an eternity that will be. <laughs> Oil is available, my friends, to get and to keep you prepared. God would give to each of us his presence through the means of grace, through the word of God, through baptism and the Lord's Supper, 
He would come to us and refill our lamps with his presence as we take time for daily devotions, for regular worship, for Bible study, for Sunday school, for youth group. The list goes on. God wants to give us oil, and he has all the oil that we will ever need. We just need to want it and go where he'll deliver it. And to fail is tragic, but ultimately foolish on our part, and it's nobody's fault but those who didn't live prepared. To be filled is wise. I'm reminded of that Sunday school song that I've been singing for quite a few years now. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And for that to happen, then I need to be where he can refill me and keep me in relationship with him. Living in readiness means that the light can shine. And my prayer is that you today are living in readiness. Amen. Lord, thank you for this parable. Again, I'm just, I'm reminded and I'm encouraged, Lord, that you tell this because you want us to be prepared. You want us to live in readiness. You provide oil for us. You give all that we need for spiritual life and for service in your kingdom. We need to avail ourselves of it. And so, Lord, I pray that there might be a sense of urgency among each and every person here today. Perhaps some who are running alarmingly low on oil. Fill their cup, Lord. Help us to live in readiness. In Jesus' name, amen.